Melody Kniper with Kniper Ranch in Candelia, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, it has been a rough summer across Texas, but many cattle producers are hanging on. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. It's been another challenging season so far for Texas High Plains cotton. But optimism for a good outcome remains. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. An update on Central Texas agriculture in the heat of summer from grain harvest to hay cuttings to livestock conditions. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have more on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. We've seen a long string of 100-plus degree days across Texas this summer, and that is tough on cattle. Brad Cotton is a cattleman about 30 minutes southeast of San Antonio, and he says they are coping well, considering the amount of heat they've had. Well, the, the cattle in our area, most of them have a little authentic influence, uh, which helps with the heat. Uh, you know, we make sure that we got plenty of shade and plenty of uh, cool water, clean water for the cattle, and they seem to be managing really well. You know, as a rancher, we uh, we have to adjust. We try to get out there about daylight and uh, end our day early so we're not out there in the heat of the day because it's, uh, it's not real comfortable for sure. And we don't work any cattle. It's got to be early in the morning and occasionally late in the evening if we're going to do anything. But very little work gets done with them during the day. Hay supplies have been short the last couple of years, but Cotton says the wetter spring helped to get some hay put away. Seed as of right now looks pretty good. We had a really wet spring. There was a lot of hay made in our area. You know, hopefully we have a, a good fall, which uh, a lot of the long-term strategists are telling us we will. Uh, that remains to be seen. But, you know, when it shut off, it shut off pretty good unless you're irrigating. There's just no hay being made this summer for sure. Up in the Texas Panhandle, Kirby Nixon is dealing with the same thing. High temperatures and no rain. But his herd is doing well thanks to the wet spring. So our cows look great right now. We've had good grass all summer long, and so we're not really worried about that at the moment. Um, of course, if it doesn't rain and we don't get some maybe some wheat for grazing or things, we may have to make some of those decisions later. As of right now, we haven't. The only thing we may kind of, it gives us a good tale of some of these cows that are in good shape. You know, we know those are performing well in our herd in the conditions we're in. Some that don't look so great right now, those are definitely on our list to um, pull out here if that happens. 
And while pasture conditions are getting worse, Nixon hasn't had to resort to destocking his herd yet. Once again, as we're preg checking, if they're open, we like to try to get rid of some of those. So that helps us make our decision a little easier. But uh, as of right now, we're not at that point, but it might get that way this winter. So uh, I know around there are several people that have started, but uh, not us quite yet. Overall, range and pasture conditions in Texas get worse every week. The latest Texas Crop Progress and Condition Report rates 12 percent of rangeland and pastures in Texas in the good to excellent category, 18 percent rated fair, and a big 70 percent of rangeland and pastures here in Texas rated in the poor to very poor categories. It has been another challenging season for cotton on the Texas High Plains. James Hunt tells us there's still optimism for a good outcome. A few days ago, I had a chance to catch up with Cody Besant of Plains Cotton Growers, and I asked him for his assessment of how things stand with this season's cotton crop in our region. Well, one thing he can say with great confidence is... It's certainly going to be a better year than last year. Yes, it's good to know we're not looking at a repeat of last year's terrible situation where massive amounts of cotton production was lost in our area due to drought. But Besant acknowledges that this year's effort to grow cotton in the Texas High Plains has faced plenty of challenges, in fact, right from the start. We saw less than desirable amount of acres that went in in the upper panhandle just because of excessive moisture that took place during the planting season. Certainly those acres were made up through other crops, which will help that area, at least from an economic standpoint, continue to thrive and function. But overall, we're still seeing a pretty decent amount of production throughout the area. Uh, Dry land has certainly been suffering because of the prolonged periods of dryness that we've seen and lack of rainfall and just the really high temperatures we've seen in the last 30 to 40 days. So not an easy time of it for this year's crop, but as the season enters the stretch drive toward harvest, Cody Besant is optimistic. Still a little bit too soon to really give an overall production estimate, but as we get in through the end of the month of August on in September, we'll really have a lot more grasp on how this crop is. Acre certification came out, the first acre certification data came out this last week. Uh, estimated about 3.7 million acres planted for our area. That is back to an average amount of planted acres for the area on a 10-year historical basis. So uh, certainly we're kind of getting back to a more normal type of season compared to where we were this last year. But again, just kind of stay tuned, continue to pray for rain, and let this crop finish out strong. And that's what we're looking for. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Central Texas agriculture is grappling with high heat and a lack of rain. Tom Nicoletti has an update from Waco. We go to Dr. Shane McClellan now, who is reporting on agricultural activity in Central Texas. And uh, Shane, here we are in the middle of August. The crops are in various stages. Uh, Grain sorghum in Central Texas is uh, almost uh, pretty much done harvested. Yes, it is, Tom. And it matured early just with the heat, extended dry spell that we've had this summer. Not any measurable rain, really, in the last month. One of the better rains we had on the last one was May 26th. And that was a few tenths. So it's been pretty dry. Grain sorghum is a dry land type crop that does well in drier type areas. And our county test plot did really well. Even with the dry summer that we've had, it was still pushing 4,000 to 6,000 pounds an acre across the board. All those varieties, I believe there was 13 varieties in that trial, did well. You know, we're, we're measuring them to see what will yield good in our area. Shane, talk about the, the corn harvest that's continuing in central Texas. 
corn harvest has been slow. You know, all of our, our farmers in Central Texas were really expecting a really good corn yield. We had some spring rains that were scattered out. No big rains, but the small four-tenth, five-tenth, six-tenth type of rain spread out over time. Early on, we grew very large corn plants that put on big ears. And then when the ears were going through that field process, rain stopped. No problems with pollination not really a lot of disease, but we needed more rain to really increase our yield. Uh, I say that kind of tongue in cheek, we've got good yield, but it's not a great yield. Where we're kind of teased with those early rainfalls, one field might have 60 bushels an acre and might also have 180 bushels an acre. So a lot of variation depending on how much rain lags are received during the growing season. Corn that's south of us, they're kind of wrapping up some harvest. But Glennon County area, we're about midway point. We've got some producers that are through while others are, are still pushing, trying to shell corn. As you go north in the Blackland area, Hill County North, they're just getting started good with their corn harvest. That'll continue until, of course, they finish. With the weather we have right now, it's expecting to be dry. I might expect corn harvest, harvest to wrap up here in about 10 to 12 days. What about the cotton update for the Blacklands? Cotton's had a tough year. Had a tough time getting up. Had some emergence problems. Some cotton was actually replanted. Cotton's had a tough, tough year. It seen some bowls opening. It's really early for those bowls to be opening. Lack of moisture, that cotton plant's going to push a root deep down into that soil profile. Trying to capture any moisture it can since we're not getting any rain. And we just don't have deep soil moisture. Didn't have uh, any big rains this past year. We were 15 inches below our normal rainfall last year. Caught up a little bit in the spring. And now we're sitting here in about a 15-inch rain deficit and cotton struggling. It's got to have some good summer rain in this area for it to produce a, a good yield. Shane, how has the uh, hot and dry summer impacted hay cuttings in the region? So hay's kind of an interesting story in our area. We received some rains in the spring that kept us out of the hay seal. So when we did harvest that field for hay, it was matured to a point that we wish we would have cut it earlier. And then now we're not getting any rain at all. So the hay we got in the spring wasn't of the best quality. We got some quantity, but, but lower in quality. And then some people have two cuttings. I know some guys that sell hay that, that irrigate, they've had three cuttings, but most of our dry land hay in our area, you're going to get one or two cuttings kind of sitting there waiting now. Grass is responding and greening up just a little. It's growing, but it's really slow. We're going to have to get some more rain in the next 30 days to, to get another hay cutting in the fall. Sorghum Sudan top hay, they got a cut, good cutting, but it's also kind of done. It's burned up this time of year. A lot of people are rolling corn stalks and selling those. Uh, I see the, the price of hay remaining fairly constant, hasn't dropped a, a good bit just because we're not producing a bunch of hay. What about the livestock condition report for uh, cattle and uh, and other livestock in the region? Well, most of our pastures that are, that are managed well Cattle are good. I've seen a lot of cattle on some poor type ground that are being sold at cell barns. Those runs are kind of big. And some of that has to do with drought. And some of those larger cattle sales have to do with the market. The market's really strong right now. Even some lighter type calves that people may hold a little bit before they sell them are going to the sale barn just because prices is good now. So people are taking advantage of if they've got less grass, they're selling some of those cattle. Now, Shane, I'm going to extend uh, my congratulations to you as uh, you recently won the Outstanding Agricultural Agent for 2022-23 award from the Texas Extension Specialist Association, their annual meeting uh, down in League City. So congratulations. Thank you, Tom. Those specialists, I add integrity to my program. So that recognition means a lot. 
That is Dr. Shane McClellan. He's reporting for us today from Central Texas. Additional hunting opportunities are now available through the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's Drawn Hunts program. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And developing a herd health program with your local veterinarian is critical to being successful. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Developing a herd health program with your local veterinarian is critical to being successful. Dr. Bob Judd says cattle producers should take advantage of the help available from veterinarians and Texas A&M AgriLife. The AgriLife Extension Service veterinarians can also help with selecting vaccine protocols, parasite control programs, and procedures for adding additions to your herd. They can also offer advice on nutrition, genetics, health, and other aspects of management. As of a few weeks ago, on June the 11th, the Food and Drug Administration is requiring a prescription for all medically important antibiotics, those used in human and veterinary medicine that are currently available over-the-counter at feed stores. These antibiotics include injectable penicillin, oxytetracycline, and tylosin. It also includes oral sulfoboluses, an antibiotic infused in the udder. This will require producers to have a client-patient relationship with a veterinarian to get a prescription for these drugs. Most fly control products and deworming products are not involved. Nutrition is critically important, and having a uniform calf crop is important to success. Modern vaccines and dewormers are great, but will not be effective if the nutrition is subpar. All cattle should be assigned a body condition score, or BCS, and you can determine how many cattle are in each group to give you an idea of overall nutritional program. An effective vaccine program tailored for your herd can be designed by your veterinarian. Just going to the feed store or getting recommendations from a magazine is not a good option, as every herd has different vaccine needs. Effective internal parasite control is important, but monitoring the success of the program is also important, and this should be done by checking fecal samples before and after deworming. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Additional hunting opportunities are now available through the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's Drawn Hunts Program. Jessica Domel has more on that program in today's Wildlife Report. There are now additional opportunities for hunters who are looking for a place to hunt this year. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is now accepting entries for its e-postcard drawn hunts. Kelly Edmiston, TPWD's Public Hunting Coordinator, joins us with more. 
The public hunting program has a walk-in program, and it involves the purchase of a permit called an annual public hunting permit. The annual public hunting permit gives individuals access to some of our properties where you don't normally have to be drawn for. It's more of a walk-in open area. Our private lands dove areas are like this. But we also have a few parks and wildlife management areas that allow just general access. The way the e-postcard draws work is, is as long as you have a current annual public hunting permit, you can apply for an e-postcard at no additional cost. So there is no application fee to apply nor is there any additional permit fee involved if you are selected. This is just an additional opportunity to hunt a walk-in area. I'll give you an example. Granger Public Hunting Land is in our walk-in program, and with a purchase of a $48 annual public hunting permit, you can access Granger for dove hunting, for waterfowl hunting, for archery, feral hog hunting, squirrel, and other small game. However, they also offer an e-postcard archery deer. So while the general APH holder may not be able to go bow hunting for deer, if they apply and are selected through the e-postcard archery deer draw, they're going to be letting about 50 archery hunters out there to hunt deer. You can apply now for e-postcard hunts and drawn hunts on the TPWD website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal. It is time to check the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex traded higher Monday for a number of factors, including strong beef demand, tight front-end supplies, a slight reduction in the number of cattle on feed, and a reduction in placements. August live cattle up 45 cents to 178.97. October live cattle up a dollar and five cents to 179.87. December live cattle up a dollar and 12 cents to 184.30. August feeder cattle up a dollar 20 to 246.77. September feeder cattle up a dollar 80 to 250.32. October feeder cattle up a dollar 95 to 252.65. Box beef was lower Monday, choice down 87 cents to $315.24. Select was down $2.46 to $285.90. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Klein Spear, Southwest Livestock Exchange Uvalde. I've been doing their reports since Joe, his granddad, owned the auction. Now Klein, his brother, and their mother own it, and they sell cattle on Thursday. Klein, how'd this week's sale go? Went well, Larry. We had 630 head on an awfully active market. Uh, those Packer cows, I'd say 4 to $6 better. Those Packer bulls, pretty steady. Uh, calves and yearlings, and another 4 to $6 better this week. Just uh, seemed like everybody's looking for a few 
Choice steers, dollar eighty five to two forty. Those lightweights, two twenty to two ninety seven. Choice heifers, dollar seventy to two twenty five. The lightweights, dollar ninety five to two seventy five. Crossbred steers, dollar sixty five to two thirty. Those lightweights, dollar ninety five to two seventy five. Those crossbred heifers, dollar sixty to two fifteen. And those lightweights, dollar eighty to two sixty five. Stocker cows, ninety to a dollar forty. Packer bulls, dollar nine to a dollar twenty seven. Those breaker cows, ninety nine to a dollar fourteen. Those cutters and canners, eighty two to ninety seven. The Shelly cows, thirty five to fifty five. Good pairs, fourteen to seventeen hundred. And the kind of plainer pairs, six fifty to seven fifty. And the bred cows were a thousand to sixteen hundred. So overall, just a really steady market this week. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Klein. Call us the office, 830-278-5621, or my cell phone, 830-591-3241. Neighbor, thank you so much for listening to Walk in the Pens. My name's Larry Marble. After trading sharply higher on Friday, lean hogs traded lower on Monday. October lean hogs down $1.50 to $80.62. December lean hogs down $0.77 cents to $73.72. Block cheese fell two cents Monday to two dollars. Barrel cheese fell 0.25 cents to a dollar eighty. August class three milk up a penny to 17.28 a hundredweight. September class three milk up 36 cents to 18.85 a hundredweight. Cotton was slightly higher on Monday. October cotton up 14 points to 84.46. December cotton up nine points to 83.71. March 2024 cotton up 11 points to 83.66. We saw some early gains in the corn market on Monday, but those soon faded as spillover support from soybean trade eased. September corn down 10 and a quarter to 4.69 and a quarter. December corn down 10 and a half to 4.82 and a half. September hard red wheat down 12 and a half to 7.41. December hard red wheat down 12 and a half to 7.48 and a quarter. September natural gas up seven cents to 262. October natural gas up four cents to 273. September crude oil fell 54 cents Monday to $80.71 a barrel. October crude oil down 58 cents to $80.08 a barrel. The Dow fell 25 points Monday to 34,475. The S&P 500 rose 28 points to 4,397. And the NASDAQ rose 202 points to 13,492. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.